I want to talk to you guys about Power Food Active. We've got a brand new product out that's got hemp, cacao, and maca all rolled into one with debittered stevia and lohan fruit extract. It's a phenomenal product that gives you a ton of superfoods that may not necessarily taste very good by themselves, but in this wonderful mix that we've made, it's quality in a shaker with water, and it's even better when you mix it with coffee or make it into one of our superfood smoothies. You can check the label for a number of different ways to supercharge your coffee or to make awesome smoothies utilizing one of our favorites here, Live and Let Dine, Liv Langdon, who's been a part of the Onnit family for some time, and we've got a whole host of awesome recipes the way that you can really dive into this power food active and make it beneficial in your life. Borangi, 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 Borangi. My man, Borangi, joins the Onnit podcast with me, your host, Kyle Kingsbury, Director of Human Optimization at Onnit. And we had an absolute blast. I got to meet this guy at Spirit Ranch in Sedona. He's a musician by trade, but he's a lot more than that. And he teaches people the importance of dance and song and how it's something we've lost in our modern culture. This is something, you know, if you're, you're into paleo and you're into ancestral living and uh, maybe you've read Sex at Dawn and different books where you're like, oh shit, human beings used to live differently than we do now. How does that affect us now? Those are great questions to ask, and I often find myself in my car with no music on thinking about stuff like that. One of the things we've lost, in addition to our rites of passage in this tribal setting that we come from, is song and dance and being around a fucking fireplace and just letting loose and feeling our bodies in space. And Parangi really dives deep into that, and I'm very fortunate to have gone through some of his practices and teachings and, and been guided by his wisdom at Spirit Ranch for a week with um, him and a few other great, amazing teachers. But uh, I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this podcast. Give it a listen. And then also check out the show notes because Parangi just launched an awesome album, the Ayahuasca Remix album. And we'll link to that in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It's a fantastic album. He did the original Ayahuasca soundtrack for Aubrey Marcus's uh, Ayahuasca documentary. And he's been a guest on the Aubrey Marcus podcast as well. So check him out there. Check him out here. Hope you guys love the show. Welcome to the Audit Podcast. We are yeah, yeah. joined by my main man, Orangi. Oh, bye. My brother. <laughs> we got to learn some some sweet words, yes, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> Beleza. Beleza? Beleza. Beleza. And poja. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> that's bonus okay. word. That one was that's okay. <laughs> Uncle Hinach taught me that word. I was so, going to say, who taught you that one? Yeah, Hinato Laranja. Ah, 27 certo. times world champion. Peri goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Beleza, beauty. Beauty, beauty. yeah, man, you know it, brother. Yeah, so I met you at Spirit Ranch not long ago in mm. Sedona, Arizona. That's right, and it was incredible. And you are an incredible musician. You taught me that little body number, how to play with sound, how to organize and blocks, right? Musical That's blocks. Right. That's right. Most people don't know musical blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Rhythm blocks, as we like to Rhythm call it. Rhythm blocks. There yeah, we go. From Keith Terry, amazing percussionist and uh, tap dancer, teacher of mine. Um, 
just an incredible way to start to access music and start to think of polyrhythm and putting together the complexity of the mathematics, if you will, of music and starting to put that into our bodies, right? Because it's something, a big part of my work is about embodiment. You know, how do we embody these things? A lot of times there's this process from learning something where it's still this cognitive thing that stays up here in our frontal cortex and we're thinking about it and to the point where we then do it enough times, we pattern it, we start to then embody it. And that point at which it no longer we're thinking about it puts us, it's then within us. Just like when you're in the ring, I'm sure, right? And you're Integration. Just, you that's exactly what I was thinking, right? That's, that's Bruce Lee 101. Bruce Lee 101. Train it until you don't have to think it. It's exactly. reflex. It just becomes part of you. And the key then for me, what I find is once we've embodied these practices and we layer then more practices on top of it. And so you almost, you, the kind of the idea is to max out the bandwidth of our, of our ego, if you will, of our cognitive brain, you know, this, this waking consciousness that sometimes can be not very conscious, in fact. And so we want to like basically... <laughs> the unconscious, conscious brain. <laughs> the unconscious, conscious, exactly. The mindless brain that fucking never ceases. Monkey chatter, exactly. Uh-huh. So we want to almost like the koan, right, in Zen Buddhism, we want to confuse it. We want to basically get it to the point where it has the brain fart, and then it just can't do anything. And in that moment, we actually reach that deeper state of flow, that deep state of awareness of samadhi, of enlightenment. Would that almost be like uh, the whirling dervishes in Sufism? Absolutely. The spinners, they just spin until their brain fucking turns off? In essence, yeah, there's so many or traditions. tunes in, rather. Not or turning tune, off, but just right. tuning in. Right, right. It's like we really want to get that egoic mind, that attached, that fearful mind, the one that's always craving or always with aversion, pushing things away that it doesn't like. We want to basically get it into a place where it doesn't have any room. We want to get it out of the picture as much as possible because basically in those little moments, those little insights, and some people you know, access this through various ways, whatever, on the surfboard, you know, in the ocean or in the ring perhaps, or perhaps it's when you're in music or when you're dancing. Maybe it comes, you know, in, in whatever way that you access, some people call it flow, flow state, right, flow consciousness. But when we get into that zone where time dissolves, and that's usually for me, it's like one of the big cues. It's like time, when you don't track time anymore, you totally forgot what time it is, you're not checking your phone or whatever, that's when you know you're, you're, you're in the sweet spot, yeah. right? And when you're there, that's the longer you can extend that space, right? It's almost like, it's like going to the gym. It's like you're working out, you're trying to create so that it's not just a single moment, it turns into many moments, and then many moments after many moments. And it's just like meditation, same idea, right? Same principle. Just in that way, you do it in, depending on the style of meditation, but it's, it is a waking, living meditation. For me, it's an embodiment practice, is kind of my portal that I encourage people. It's through that embodied awareness and presence. And, and I really believe one of the most powerful gateways is music and dance which are two sides of the same thing. <laughs> Dude, 1,000%. It's funny because um, the last day when we finished at Spirit Ranch, we did an ecstatic dance. For those that aren't familiar, you basically just you dance without inhibition and to dance like no one's watching, as the mm. quote says, right? Mm. But to make sure no one was watching, we all got <laughs> blindfolded. That's right. right. So, That's and, right. and it's funny because, you know, when I was thrown on the blindfold, I realized... Mm that I hold back when I dance in front of my wife. Mm. Not because, um, I don't know, I, we give each, other, give each other shit like fucking two dudes in the locker room, and it's <laughs> always fun. But I am self-conscious of the way I move in front of her because mm. she moves fucking beautifully. She's mm. an incredible dancer, yeah. always has been, incredible yogi. And to see her body move and articulate in ways, I'm like, shit, son, I got nothing like that. But with the blindfold on, it was just, 
it was like a fucking weight being lifted, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't know that I danced well per se by by you, you know killing standards. It. You were killing. But it. I'm just saying <laughs> I fucking felt incredible and it was incredibly liberating to move yeah. my body in ways that I hadn't if I thought people were watching. Right. And what an incredible tool to understand like right. hey, dance like nobody's watching. We're going to make sure nobody's watching. So you really can just let yourself go mm -hmm. and be in the sound and be in your body. And the other thing that was incredible about it was without looking without seeing myself in visual space, I truly had to go within to feel my fucking body. Yeah. Every step I took, if I spun around, I don't want to fall on my ass or knock into the speaker, right? right? So I have to be mindful of sound. And you guys were running around with shakers and little <laughs> drums, making sure uh, our man Ian from On It was staying in a spot. <laughs> you know, people, so people don't knock into each other, right? Just keeping it safe, safe space, right? Safe space. So you could just let go completely, not have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and just being mindful of the sound too like oh yeah i hear the shaker getting louder maybe i need to go this way like it just fucking tapped me in and centered me mm -hmm. in a way that few things can right right so there are many tools right many many paths one truth yeah and true. so in that you know again i've said it a fucking not a hundred times <laughs> maybe 12 episodes deep <laughs> by now but the point is like for people that don't want to sit in a room mm -hmm. to meditate you can be mindful in many practices and you can many. tap into flow mm -hmm. with many practices right absolutely and for people that aren't sure about flow flow is fucking deep peace flow is stillness of the mind flow is fucking feeling incredible mm -hmm. that's what flow is mm. you know flow is just fucking flow is timeless you're, yeah and literally timeless right timeless. anybody that's done a float yeah for an hour and you fucking snap out of it the light comes on the whales start you're going like, and you're what? like what it ended like How long was I in here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the timelessness yeah. we're talking about, right? Right. Right. And I think a, a really powerful distinction too to, to raise is that, you know, we can enter these states through the gateway of our passion. Like, what is our passion? What is that thing that we do that just lights us up? You know, and that could be anything. It could be from, from being a fighter, it could be working out in a gym, it could be dancing, it could be climbing a mountain, it could be any of those things you start to access. It could be drawing, it could be any of those things. Um, cooking, food can even be, although usually with food, you got to watch your time because you don't want to burn it. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You if you're get watching it. it in the moment, you're going to know when it. it's done. You yeah. know, and you, you just start creating. And there's, there's a, an aspect of creativity that I think is essential to the formula. You know, and I've been teasing, this has been my life's work. It's like, how do we access these states? And I really feel there's something to be said about art forms, especially, in, and I've found, that engage, um, that are temporal, in other words, they happen in the moment now, and then they're always they're gone forever. You know, so really beautiful examples, of course, in art, because you have sculpture art, you have painting, there's all these forms of creative expression, but specifically music and dance are two performance-based art forms in that they happen in the moment, and then they're gone forever. And see, the advent of technology, of our little light boxes, right, that record and videotape and, you know, this thing right now that we're doing is the <laughs> trippy thing, because in fact, it's dead. When people are going to be listening to this later, it's actually dead. It's gone. This moment is, is no longer there. And what we have is this, this vague kind of like memory, if you will, this Akashic record of this thing that lives on a hard drive or in the cloud or whatever. And people can experience it in some, some faded version of it. But they're not here in the room with us right now. There's an energy that happens right now and the magic that you and I are riffing just back and forth. And so it's the same example. You go to a concert a live performance versus you're listening your earbuds. Now you can go into a state with those earbuds and listening to that music, but we almost take it for granted the magic that happens 
when our ancestors were sitting around the fire, there was nothing else. This is our television and we're making music and we're all participating. And grandma and grandpa and the grandkids and everybody's clapping and singing in some way, shape or form. It doesn't matter what culture, everybody, all of our ancestors at some point had these forms of rituals and these forms of getting together and creating community and creating this, this flow state. Mm-hmm. And that was how they would connect to spirit and they would communicate. So just like the rhythm blocks that we, we were talking about, right? We actually had those words. It's like the question and answer, right? You're saying, hey, you, and I'm saying what in response to you, right? These two different patterns interlocking with each other, creating this polyrhythm, this meta rhythm that's more complex than both of us apart. And there's a communication that happens. And that communication is really a key aspect of this as well. It's not just flow for the state of flow. There's actually this, this deeper meaning, this deeper purpose. We connect back into source, right? And this, I think, is really the key. And it's like, think of prayer, right? If we just want to talk about spirituality and just simple, you know, the church mm-hmm. or whatever your spiritual path is, there's a simple commonality of prayer, praying. What are we asking for? Who are we talking to? Why are we talking to them? We're, we're connecting to something beyond, something from the infinite, from the mystery, from the void, right? From the very beginning, from before there was the Big Bang. You know, so when we start to access those realms and whether we do that in, a, in this normal waking state or if we do that in a plant medicine state or whatever it is, in a meditative state, it's still, we're trying to commune, we're trying to communicate. And so music and dance have been used by people across the world from the, before recorded history to communicate. Whether that was communicating, preparing, communicating to gods for support for going into battle or whether that was communicating to give us energy to harvest, to have a good harvest, to bring the rain. For, for fertility, for mating, for having family, for creating a wedding, a ceremony of joining and union. Celebration. Celebration. Carnaval. I mean, come on. It's like, that's, you know, it, it's always a form of communicating. And so I think that's a really powerful thing. That's something about us, I think, is the two-leggeds on the earth. That um, recently I had this kind of epiphany, actually. You know, I, I feel like we have, it's part of our birthright. It's part of a birthright of as a, as a human being that a lot of us never realize because we get kind of lazy because nowadays we have iPhones and we have TV and like media is so easily accessible because we can just like put in some earbuds or turn on YouTube or whatever and we're getting that, that sound, that music, that movement, the light on the light box, right? But we forget of the power and the visceral magic when just 70 plus years ago that didn't exist. I mean, that's not very long. That's literally just one human lifetime. It's like one generation. This is all Blink changed. Blink of an eye. And now we're moving rapidly into virtual reality, into these other augmented forms of, you know, integrating and living and literally hybridizing ourselves with technology. And so it's really important, I think, now more than ever to recognize the power and the magic of the analog experience of creating music within ourselves. So that's why, like, at the, at the retreats, you know, we're trying to really activate us because a lot of us have this story and this agreement that we're not musical, that we're not dancers. You know, oh, my God, like you said, you know, she dances way better than me. Like, just that languaging is speaking to this deeper judgment that probably traces back to some point when you were a young man, maybe a boy, and you were moving and someone made you think about it, made you self-aware, and in that moment made you feel shame, perhaps, or, you know, that you weren't good enough. And immediately that egoic separation created this agreement that I, I don't dance. I don't know how to dance. Or if I do, you know, it's like got to be with. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm just going to do my little bebop in the corner with the rest of the guys. Right. Yeah, that's the agreement, right? Four agreements. Like fucking somebody says something and you agree to it. 
doesn't it doesn't stick if you don't fucking agree to it. Well, right, we it has make no those power. agreements all the time, right? So it takes your power by by making the agreement, by believing it, it's like you swallow the pill and you give away your power. So the key here is to unravel the agreement, throw that out, and get that the judgmental voice out. Don't care. And so we start with the blindfold, but eventually we take the blindfold off. Right? That's, That's what the we goal. did later that night That's to the right. remix album. That's right. And everyone just let loose and you just felt because the energy had just totally shifted. Everyone was just, you know, we've already done this. And yeah. so it's, it's a really big medicine in that. And I think that's, there's a lot of healing that happens in that. So the gateway is fun to get to it. But the underneath, the work we're doing is deep psychological work, deep spiritual, somatic work, you know, of literally unlocking trauma, unlocking these old agreements of someone yelling at us, of someone telling us we weren't any good, someone telling us to suck it up suck it in and disconnecting from our breath from our true power mm. and so this is a big part of this work is going back to that and i think that's that's where the magic's at and i, I that's kind of my passion and so it's activating us like we just did <laughs> <laughs> i love your passion brother Thank i you, really do um it just it felt fucking primal like mm. we showed up a little bit late we had to drop bear off at the hotel and um it was i was there with my wife obviously and uh, we showed up late to this this intro of Rhythm Blocks. But the second we got like around maybe two circles worth, it just felt like right, you mm-hmm. know? And so much of my work with plant medicines like ayahuasca has, because people play a lot of music, you know? Like the, and they sing Icaros and they, you feel it differently. You're tuned in differently. And in those experiences, my appreciation for music and live music has gone through the roof. My appreciation for movement has gone through the roof. Many messages repeatedly have been yoga, movement, mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. It's not that serious. Fucking play. Enjoy life. Right? Totally. It's got to have the play. Um, this, you know, this technique that we, we did in this, the kind of that, that module of the retreat um, is something that it's been part of my life's work. And I call it, I gave it a name. You know, you got to give names to things these days. You know, so I call it dance, sing, play. And dance, because, it, and this is kind of really the philosophy is right in that. Dance is the movement practice, right? So move your body, activate your body, whatever that practice may look like. And movement looks like a lot of things, right? Just move. <laughs> <laughs> Once our body is in motion, right, there's, this, there's a thing that happens. It's like we're embodied. Our souls came into these bodies for a purpose, to move, not to be still, not to be on computers all the time and like disconnected. We're connected via the internet, but it's like we're actually disconnected though from our body. It's a very disembodied experience. So move. Second, sing. And sing is the vocalization. It's activating these two chords that we're born with, right? The built-in instrument. You know, like we talk about um, in the beginning, people say there was the word. And I think the piece that's missing from that is in the beginning there was the word and the word was sung. Yeah. And we forget that. You know, our ancestors, they sang first. You know, birds sing. They're communicating, but they're singing. And no one says, oh, man, that was a really good essay. No, it's like they just <laughs> sing to sing, right? And that's just their nature. And it's like humans, sometimes we get, we're so in our monkey brain and thinking, overthinking things because we have this huge, you know, mushroom brain nervous system that we got gifted. And it's kind of, it's our Achilles heel because it can literally make us forget about the simple experience of just activating this voice just to make a sound. As simple as the... <sighs> yeah you know just opening that heart that ah sound like mama or anahata right the heart chakra opening our hearts up when we just activate these chords it's so simple like when you get home from that long day of work that stress or whatever it is and you just give a sigh <sighs> and just like unwinding 
releasing that. There's a that, feeling right? that's attached to that too. Absolutely. You know, it's not it's not just like ah uh, yeah you make the noise or whatever. Like anybody who's let go of a fucking good sigh, it fe- you feel that in the body. It's palpable. It's palpable, right? Yeah. And same goes for for the mudras. Same goes for the chanting. You know, and yeah. that's that's fucking weird to a lot of people. But I'm saying. Anybody who's been in a large room with rolling ohms going on, you fucking feel that through every fiber of your body. Totally. You can fucking vibrate. I feel it in my hands, my feet, my face, my heart. Yeah. My fucking solar plexus. I feel yeah. it everywhere. Right? And so these are things that we've had, you know. And if you don't, you might feel where it's stuck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So give it a shot. For those of you out here listening to this and like, oh, that's some woo-woo, funky, whatever, a bull, it's, it's just... Give, check out where's the resistance to doing it first of all where's the oh that's not for me that's some whatever shit just look at what's under that where did that come from you know why don't you give it an experiment and then see how you feel and if and take it from both of us right if you don't feel improvement if you don't feel a shift in your energy body and just literally in your feeling body just how you feel in that moment then we'll get your money back <laughs> <laughs> guarantee you know because yeah. it really it's something it's magical Sound is magical. Vibration, we are vibration. I mean, talk to any physicist, you know, working on those quantum mechanics and we're talking about everything is made of dancing strings. Like, come on, it's all vibrating. You and I look like these two bodies, but really when we go down and zoom in on the micro, macro, like deep, deep level, right, subatomic particle level, we're just space. Yeah, you get into quantum physics. Dancing space. Shit's vibrating in and out of existence. Constantly. That's seen and unseen, back and forth. Yeah. Right. Right. And so we're flickering in each other's awareness field. And then we start to when you start to activate that and make vibration by your voice, which is built in and not just for talking. This, this, these chords evolved far before language evolved. Right. So there's something very primordial about just vibration connecting to that vibration. When we create it, it moves stagnant energy and vibration. This is a key piece to this. It comes from the breath because without the breath, there is no life. We're an inanimate, just big lump of you know, water and flesh and right fluids but we're really we're this animated by breath and so it's the first and last thing you'll ever do in your life so why not master it you know that's why i feel like the didge and these other things that we talk about right and the oming nobody has (laughs) made me want to fucking learn didgeridoo more than you have and it's not easy it's it's one thing so aubrey got me to practice a little bit and at first it was like you know like i couldn't i couldn't quite get it and then when I got it, I was like, oh, man, that's dope. And I was making totally. some different sounds. And then I'm out of breath. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to do circular breathing. <laughs> you got to inhale as the oxygen's coming out. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? I'd fucking put my head upside down. <laughs> but, yeah, as you, as, what a beautiful practice to learn mastery over breath along with sound and song. Oh, yeah. And, and so that's, okay, so great. So that comes back to the three, dancing, play. So we got the dance, we got the movement. You got the sing, the vocalization, the melody, the music, right? Then you layer in the play, right? And you were saying play is so important. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And the play is key. And the play gets into something which I feel is an essential part of this formula of getting to flow consciousness. And that is improvisation. You see, because there's something that happens when we improvise, when we're put on the spot, like you and I right now, we don't know what's going to happen in this conversation. We're just kind of letting it flow, right? And as we get into that, magic happens in that dialogue, in that improvisation. So that's what makes things really beautiful. Like think about a match. When you don't know, and I'm assuming, I don't know a lot about fighting. You know, that's not my expertise, that's yours. But some games are fixed possibly, we don't know. But maybe when they aren't, when we know it's straight up, we don't know who's going to win. 
You don't know what's going to happen. And so the fact that everyone's on the edge of their seat because they don't know what's happening in the next moment, that uncertainty raises the stakes and makes it so much more powerful whatever happens in the moment because of the uncertainty of life. The only certainty we have is that life is uncertain. Mm -hmm. That's it. The next moment, we do not know what's going to happen. A meteor is going to come crashing down in here. You know, a tsunami. We don't know. Aubrey's going to run in here with the shirt off and yelling at us. We have no idea. Was this really? It can Pants <laughs> off. <laughs> Anything can happen at any given moment. And so that's the magic of life is that when we start to work on improvisation, literally as a, as a tool set, like how do we get into that improvisational space with music, with movement, right, with sound and movement, and you start improvising and just riffing and making stuff up, suddenly a spark happens in that moment. And that spark ignites that possibility of the infinite. And, it, and it's a muscle you got to exercise. And the more you do it, what I believe is that it prepares you for the uncertainty of life. Mm. So that's why I really love an example of martial art that, that I know very intimately is capoeira. And capoeira is really cool. Not, I mean, I'm sure on the mat, there's probably guys all over who have different opinions left and right about hey, it. Hey, there's some very, very fucking, some of the best jujitsu players in the world study capoeira. So, Aye. 100%. So it, it, you know, They're not using it in the UFC, but well, you know, they used it in Tekken, Tekken uh -huh. Tag Tournament, the video <laughs> game. So I always, those are always my favorite characters in the video well, game. Well, you know what, though? I got to say, like, capoeira, I think at its core, its, its beauty and its majesty is not about the fight. It's not about contact. Capoeira was created for symbolic fighting, mm. which is actually more powerful when you really think about it. And let me, let me illustrate this because it's something, you know, I've, I've really thought and, and felt into deeply for many years because capoeira, first of all, it's not just a martial art. It's also a way of living. It's actually to be a capoeirista, you can't just execute all these movements and be super graceful on your hands or on your feet. Capoeira is also, any capoeirista has to know how to dominate the instrument the beating bow, you have to play pandero, you have to play all these different instruments, the atabaki, you have to know how to play the instrument and you need to know how to sing and sing the songs and you have to know how to drop what song, like a DJ at the right moment in the game. So it's not just this two-dimensional game. The game is also up here. It's like this musical game. It's like improvising, like a mestre capoeira, he'll drop a song at the right moment when the big guy is playing the little guy. He'll sing a song, Oh, siri boto gamelera no chão, boto boto gamelera no chão. Siri is a little crab. Gamelera is this big tree. So it's saying the little crab knocked down the big tree. Mm. So he's going to drop that song because it's a little guy against the big guy. So he, like, he knows exactly what song to sing. And everyone gets it. So they start all singing it and sending that energy into the game. And the game gets really interesting, man. It's like, you know, Goliath and David. <laughs> it's so powerful. And so this level, you don't see this in other martial arts. It's very rare. So that's why I love it as an example of a, a, an art form where you have to embody the music, the dance, the game, the fight, right? And the improvisation. You don't know what's, it's all question and answers, conversation. And the symbology is powerful about it because check it out. If you hit the guy, there's blood, the game's over. It's kind of boring, it sucks, it's over and someone's hurt. When you put your foot right here and you hold it like an inch away from the guy's face and show him that he could have just been taken out and then you pull it away and the game keeps going, it's so much more powerful because you just took his power without having to show everyone like to hurt him. And there's something powerful in that, even more powerful than if you just knock him out on the ground. You see what I'm saying? And that, is, that ties back Far into- Far less brain damage too. Oh, I'm way <laughs> less TV, right? <laughs> Thankfully, we just had Dr. Dan Engel on to, uh, to reset some shit in my brain. Exactly, so, yeah. man. Exactly, right? And not to say it doesn't have that. And you know, street capoeira definitely can get aggressive. And when the egos get all puffed, I mean, that's mm -hmm. all there. But the, I think the magic and the deeper piece, I think that it offers us as humanity- 
I think that it offers us is a mirror of like, here's our potential as humans. When I've met some of my mestres, you know, and, and gotten to work with them and seen certain capoeiristas that I'm just like, dude, these are the most embodied human beings I've ever met. Like their bodies are fully flexible. They can move in all dimensions, dominate upside down, inside out. Like they're like anti-gravity machines. And then at the same time, they are singing. They can do all these things at the same time, play an instrument. I mean, they're so viscerally awake, you know? And that, I feel like, it's like watching them move through life, the day-to-day -day of life, outside of a ring, outside of the hoda. You see how graceful they are because they, they've learned how to be malleable, how to shapeshift. In a way, it's a shamanic practice. And, and just to say this, you know, I think why it has such powerful medicines because where it was born from. Capoeira comes out of slavery. It comes out of oppression. And so that literally, it was the resilience. It was like the lotus coming up out of the mud. And it was a form of these African slaves who then mixed with the indigenous people of Brazil who were also slaves, right, to the colonizers and then mixed with the colonizers. And so you have this, this hodgepodge of different cultures all being mixed together into this brew to basically invert that master-slave dynamic. And so because in the Hoda, the slave becomes the master. Because he can literally free his body from gravity, do these flips and move in ways, you know what I mean? Break the force of gravity, which holds us all down, right, in a way. And at the same time, be able to move in and out. And so literally flip that power dynamic and invert it. And that is the liberation. That is, I feel like, they're liberated through sound, through music, through dance. And these things wake us up. This fires all the neurons. You're fully awake human being. And so then your potential, I feel like, is just amplified, man. You're in that flow state constantly because it's just it's just natural for you so if you're training like that all the time phew. yeah so. we just talked about that uh with paul check talking about in the i we all model taking care of yourself first right mm. so building towards something where you're the very best version of yourself yeah makes you better in your relationships it makes you better with partners with your boss and any interaction as a parent absolutely all of it and absolutely. what your message is to the world right but that takes taking care of you yeah and that might mean and that should mean learning some language, learning some sound, learning some movement, learning how to treat your body better and how to master your body. And if you've ever seen Capoeira or a breakdancer or anybody get upside down and just fucking spin, <laughs> you're like, damn, son. Like there, there is a complete control, balance, mm -hmm. coordination, and beauty. Right. Beleza. Beleza. Exactly. You know, it's, it's funny you bring up, you know, b-boys or breakdancing. Break you know, that's hip-hop culture right, is very much uh, um, like connected to that same thing. It's a culture that came out of oppression, economic, socioeconomic oppression, right, in New York and the Bronx and these places. And so you see the same thing. And, and in fact, a lot of breakdancing took some of the, we borrowed a lot of that from Capoeira because Capoeira was blending, was in New York. There was a mixture, a dialogue happening. So those movements went from, you know, um, locking and popping and literally started to take these other movements and incorporate that into the dance. And you have that in hip-hop to be, you know, hip-hop culture. It's not just b-boy. It's not just breakdancing. It's also flowing, rapping, starting to learn to use the words, right? Improvisation. I improvisation, right? DJing is also how to understand, how to make music in that way, which is a whole trippy phenomenon, like a postmodern form of music making. Because like I said earlier, you know how, even what we're doing now, once anything's recorded, it's dead. It's dead. It's gone, right? And it's this, you're looking at this thing that already happened in time and space. But what's cool about like a DJ, for instance, is they're taking dead music, these records, you know, those who do still spin vinyl, but whatever it is, and they, they're now recontextualizing it into the moment, responding to an audience. 
right? So in that moment that they're watching the audience move, they're saying, okay, what track am I dropping now? And then they're, they're re-manipulating it, remixing it on the fly. They're basically now making new music out of dead music. And so it's this crazy other spin on it, but still, once again, bringing it back to the fact of what brings it alive is that improvisation. It's that live element. It's, that, it's the fact that anything could happen. The record could skip, right? The whole <laughs> thing, the PA could, you know what I mean? You don't know what's going to happen yet. And that, that unknowing, living in that place of that little tension then creates the possibility for magic to happen. And that's viscerally palpable medicine for us, I think, as human beings. Like, we need that. Because if everything just goes to virtual reality and everything's all, like, programmed for us and everything and it's all safe, I think we're, we're going to be the most boring. I mean, I don't think people, people will become suicidal is my, my yeah, theory, well, man. One thousand There's no point. That would be like uh, uh, the Disney film WALL-E. You fucking got people <laughs> floating around on fucking automated, automated shit. They get the screen two inches from their face. They say what they want. It pops up underneath their arm and they're, you know, 400, 500 pounds. They don't know how to walk anymore. Everything's gone. They watch mm. videos of mm. dancing. They watch videos of music, things like that. But they're right. not actually doing anymore. Right. 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 And all of a sudden, we're just these, yeah, we're just these like, you know, brains floating around in like some kind of uh, cyborg. Like <laughs> cyborg. And fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> for anybody that's a little older. Yeah, man. So, so just to say again, um, you know, capoeira is one example. One little example, actually, when you look at all the cultures and all of the rich varieties of ways that human beings have found modalities and forms, art forms, creative expression forms to move, to make sound, and to do so with an improvisational element. I think that's it. So that's why I, I, I cultivated this practice I call dancing play and what we, you experienced at the retreat. It's just another way, I think, to just get anybody, whatever your background, whether you're a fighter, whether you're a dancer, whether you're a musician or not, whether you work in a cubicle all day or whether you, you know what I mean, fold clothes and laundry at some place, whatever your deal is, you can come to this and start to activate this, these vocal cords, start to activate this body, right? It's hard to make sound. Fucking teach me that. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> all right, you want to learn right now? Come on. No, oh, do it on the spot. All right, we're, we're, we're gonna show this in the fucking. All right, all right. You guys ready? So all of you out there this. watching this, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this up. You gotta, so many you times. gotta relax your lips like you're watching TV. All right, you got the remote control and the little drools coming down your mouth. Real relaxed. Oh. You take your four fingers, you put your four fingers together, and you're literally just gonna relax your lips and then bounce it off your lips. Real relaxed. If you laugh, you can't do it. That's that's yeah, the irony. You laugh right much. now, it just won't work. You're like be slapping yourself. Oh, I gotta, I gotta fucking get. Come on, drop in a flow, Kyle. Let's go. <laughs> make sure right make, now. Make sure right your now, ring flow state. Take take your rings off. Don't have any jewelry on. Okay. Remember, this is your your instrument, and uh, you know a drum. The animal's dead. It can't be like, yo, man, hit me a little softer. You're alive. So there it is. Put your fingers closer together, and relax your mouth even more. Just real relaxed. Let your jaw just hang open. I hear it. It's starting to Are come. Are you putting your jaw forward? Mm-mm. Ah! Bam! There it is. And then change the shape. Once you have it, stay in that position. Keep doing it. And now change the shape of your mouth. Go from like a small amount of air in your mouth, a small chamber to a big chamber. Low pitch, big. And then this little chamber, bring your tongue towards your teeth. So it's like... Almost like you're going e e like e like that you know ooh and now pop it so it looks like this I'm gonna transition from tongue back to tongue forward (laughs) 
<laughs> you get the idea. Fuck yes. <laughs> and then you can He's make slapping me- his face for people that are just listening to this in your car, making sounds with his hand and his lips. <laughs> That's it. It's the all body is an instrument. It's all built in, man. We are we are musical beings, you know? It's it's incredible. The first drum is right here, right? The first chord instrument that we ever play before guitar, ukulele, whatever. It's right here. I've been beating my drum since I was a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll no, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it, you know. So, so really, just inviting anyone, whoever you are, wherever you are, just find your passion, find your practice, and start to see how you can bring movement and sound into your practice, and improvise with it. Make stuff up on the fly. It's good to have a piece like a, a, maybe there's a song you love or like, you know, some hook that is always in your head that you just, you know, start there. Learn that song. Start to get your voice working. And it's in the shower. That's great. Acoustics are amazing there. In the toilet, in your car, whatever it Jam is. Jam out in the fucking car for Jam, sure. For sure. Especially. For sure. Especially on the morning commute when you're dreading going to work. Oh, man. And the just traffic sucks. open it up. Just it let it go. turns the brain on. You think coffee turns the brain on. Man. Start singing a dope song that you love yeah. on your way to work and feel yeah. your brain turn on. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And it's the same thing we were talking about at the very beginning here of our conversation. You know, it's like in the beginning, it's, it's like we're almost like a robot because you're thinking about it. Every little thing you're thinking about. And so it's like, it's like kind of jerky and it's not fluid yet. But the more you do it, literally, the easier it gets because as you embody it, it just becomes second nature. And at some point, and it's a magical moment when suddenly you realize, oh, wait, I'm not thinking about it. And you just did it and you didn't even think about it. And so what I, what I kind of come back to that dancing play, it's like when we're doing movement, right? And we're moving our bodies and then we're making sound with our voice at the same time. And then we start doing it improvisationally, right? Making up stuff with someone else. Remember when we did the circle song? So every, <laughs> everybody starts making sounds together. throwing out fucking any strange noise. And so you start to do this all of a sudden, this whole group who never met before, is suddenly making some really cool music together. And it's like, all of a sudden, we forget what time it is. All of a sudden, you take a moment, we're like, oh, wait, guys, we got to go get dinner. Like, it's like time disappears. And we're all in that flow state. And everyone feels totally different. No one's nervous. No one's scared. Anyone who came in stressed and feeling, you know, totally bogged down, feeling down on themselves, that's gone. There's, it's an incredible it's tool, too, to focus. You know, one of, the, one of the things they talk about in mindfulness practice is focus you can focus on your breathing you can focus on anything but if you're focusing on <laughs> rhythm and sound and what beat you're dropping you're not thinking about getting yelled at by your boss you're not thinking about the the argument you had with your spouse you're not thinking about you know maybe your kids doing something that you don't like like all that shit vanishes mm-hmm. and it's such an easy way to tap in whereas mm. you know and i'm not poo-pooing on you know traditional forms of meditation because i fucking all. practice it i love it but it is a little harder to sit in a dark room quietly and turn the mind off mm-hmm. without a little practice, without mm-hmm. first getting there. But all those things, all those forms are muscles that can be trained. Absolutely. And it's so much easier to get back there when you've been there before, right? Yeah. And, and again, I think it's really good you bring that up. I, there's many paths to the top of the mountain. You know, there's many paths to truth. I think they, they all lead to ultimately the same place of being connected into source, being that flow state, being really coming into that enlightened place that place where we are uh, you know as buddha would say equanimous where we're neither experiencing aversion where we're trying to push things out of our life that we don't like that's uncomfortable or craving where we gotta have that thing i gotta have it you know we're trying to like cling to something because all of those is, is external things that we're trying to fill our that emptiness that void 
when we cultivate these practices, whatever it is, whether it's through sitting meditation, vipassana work, whether it's through you know training to fight, whether it's through being in the gym and working on our body, whether, whatever that is for you on the surfboard, you know, catching waves, um, it's all about bringing us back into that flow state so that we fill that place. That place of emptiness is full and it's full with joy and it's filled with love. And that place, like you said earlier, then overflows and spills into our life. That overflowing cup then brings that joy and fills into our, our boss that's going to chew us out. But we come in with our heart wide open like that and full of love for him that even when he's tripping out, we're like, okay, cool. Is that it? <laughs> you know, with our children, when we show up at home, instead of like chewing and yelling at our kids because we're just freaking exhausted and stressed and trying to make ends meet or whatever, it's like they feel that love. It's so palpable and it shifts the energy in the room. Yeah, feeling the energy in the room. If you've ever been in it, you know, around somebody, I, I use this example a lot, but you're in a room and you get weirded out by somebody or somebody's talking and you're just like, man, that guy's always fucking negative. You know, then there's the flip side of that coin where you're like, I fucking always love being around that person. Mm -hmm. They fucking put a smile on my face and they warm me up inside every time I'm fucking spending time with them. You know, just looking at them makes me fucking smile. Right. That's the flip side. That's mm -hmm. when your cup is full. That's when you're putting right. everything you can into yourself so that you're the best possible version of yourself. And from there, who doesn't want to fucking be the guy that everyone says, fuck, dude, I love being around you. You make me feel good you bring out the best in me i want to be better when i'm around you right and and i would say this just just because we've been talking about you know this place of equanimous equanimity it's it's a it's a slippery slope because there's a fine line there of like people doing it for other people to want to be around you right versus yeah. just doing it for <laughs> yourself right? right there a, yeah. thank you for catching yeah. that on, you got to be careful with that one <laughs> it's, right. it's a slippery slope yeah because that ego man it's always there it's like like aubrey says right you got to be hunting it you got to mm -hmm. stalk that thing because he's always there the shadow is always with us the more we work into the light the more we attract shadow it's just a, the nature of it that's why we got to know it and always be, be putting it in check constantly they never can put your guard down unfortunately that's just a part of this existence i think and if you're the fucking most spiritual gangster on earth, listen to this, and you're like, I already know this shit. I'm the fucking man. I got it dialed in. Then check out J.P. Sears' 12 and a half steps to spiritual superiority because right. it will dive right through all the fucking ways that darkness slides in and the ego starts to pull back what mm. you've been trying to gain, mm. right? Eckhart Tolle said that if the, if the whole world was filled with fucking beautiful mansions, Eventually, somebody would give up that mansion and take a little cottage in the woods mm. and, would dis and would get rid of all their possessions and say, look at everybody. Look at how awake I am. Look at how woke I am. Mm. Look at how awesome I am because I no longer need these things. I'm better than you is what they're fucking trying to say, mm. right? And it's just another trick. The ego is playing that we can attach our identity to and yeah. feel better about ourselves without yeah. actually right. finding that stillness, finding that flow. And mm. just feeling fucking good from within. Absolutely. And, and so you have to keep, it's diligence, it's dedication, it's discipline. I mean, those things, I don't think ever go away. There's no, there's no easy way. I mean, there just isn't. It's, it's in, I have to say, it's like capoeira. The most beautiful beleza things in life come out of difficult situations. The most remarkable human beings on our planet have had the most challenging experience in their life. That's just that I think there's something that happens from having to meet resistance and then transcending that resistance. When we go through the storm, 
you know, as I was telling you, you about before, right? The Buffalo. The buffalo. Yes. I will fucking forgot. Drop knowledge right now, please. Such, such medicine. You know, the Buffalo, the great herds of Buffalo on the plains, when they would see those massive storms coming, they literally, instead of running from the storm and going away from it, they would turn around and go straight into the storm. And that wisdom, because the quickest way through the storm was straight through. And so they would come out the other side like that quickly. The storm, storm would pass by in this notion that it's not that we don't have fear. Fear is there. That's part of our primal instinct of survival. It's that we do it anyway. We have the courage to go right through the torrential storm, go right through our greatest fears. And when we do so, the fear just dissolves. It literally is unraveled, you know. And so this is the invitation. It's like, and when we come out and emerge out the other side, we are so much stronger. We're so much more powerful because suddenly we are, Literally, we have this new sense of grounded, embodied power. And not that kind of egoic power, like I'm more powerful. Not like Trump power. Like legit power, right? That comes from a place of compassion and from heart. That, that true sense of, of the masculine, I think that's like divine masculine. That's the kind of masculine that we want. That's the side of our fathers that we really love and our father's fathers, right? It's the side that wasn't the, the angry, raging, angry male, you know, abusive male, Right? It's the one that literally comes from this place of heart and integrity and like the courageous one, right? That literally will fight that battle because it needs to be fought. Not because they want to just go out there and start a fight. Yeah. You know, and doing so in a way from justice. This true justice comes from this place. So it's, I feel like this, this is what we need so desperately from all men right now, especially and women, because all, we all have masculine and feminine, whether we're man or woman, right? And 100%. So 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 important because you know the whole feminist movement it can get into a place where it's almost masculine you know in its nature and can be unbalanced as well so it's like how do we integrate these two you know polarities within our own body and again to be that overflowing cup out of a place of equilibrium and that's a dance because there is no homeostasis like once we come to total homeostasis we're dead right the system has to always be moving and it's it's a great metaphor if you will parallel to what we were talking about light and darkness so we're constantly being tested. We're constantly being thrown into the mix. And it's like, go into the challenge. Go into the resistance. And there you're going to find the real medicine. Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man. Well, it feels, it feels odd trying to backtrack to your origin, but I do want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking, we're balls deep in this podcast. So I don't be like, that's what got you started in music. Seems like a shitty question right now. But I would like to talk about... Um, you know, when we were up at Spirit Ranch, we did a hike up at Cathedral Rock in Sedona, and it was fucking incredible. Mm. And you told us a story. So I'd like you to tell this story about really, you know, <laughs> I just got off the podcast with Paul and we, you know, Paul Check. We were talking about purpose and mm. what drives us mm -hmm. can, can give meaning to our life. And without it, we're fucked. Yeah. Without it, we're stuck. We're alone. Yeah. We're in pain. We have depression. We have all the fucking things we see in our sick society. Right without purpose, without meaning, mm. right? So let's talk about how you found meaning yeah. in music and what you're doing and in the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that story specifically um, was about this very special date that just passed in November 3rd. So November 3rd, 2003 um, was a really magical day for me. It was a day that, that I faced my mortality, one of the first times in my life that I was, I was almost killed. And um, it's, it's a magical day, and, and I brought it up because it was November 3rd, when I was telling you this story. 2017, yeah. In the full moon. And we're sitting up on Cathedral Rock and literally watching the moon rise, uh, howling at the moon together. And my album, my, the latest album that we just put out, uh, just released, 
And it kind of all these factors had to like align that happened to drop it on that day. And the label, uh, Desert Tracks, amazing record label um, by my friend Amani and, and Trevor, who Desert Dwellers is their project. And, uh, and they have this incredible record label dance music called Desert Tracks. So they put out the Ayahuasca remixed album, which is all the music that I did for the film with Aubrey. The Ayahuasca documentary now remixed through these producers, right? And beautiful album that people should check out. So fucking incredible! <laughs> it's incredible. Definitely taking the prayer from ceremony and putting it into to the dance floor, like get our our body and our prayer moving on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like in awe, and literally we're in the retreat, and I'm trying to like do this whole album release in parallel, and I just had to surrender because I'm like I have to be present for this group. And so we go up the mountain, we're sitting up there on top of Cathedral Rock, right, which is our church, you know there. Red rocks, just beautiful, moon rising. Sunset, then the moon rise. <laughs> and then sunset the and then moon yeah. rise. And, and, you know, and I tell this story because, you know, it had been with me, it had been sitting with me just like, wow, how did November 3rd work out? Because on November 3rd, 2003, I was on my way to see my grandfather um, who was on his deathbed in an intensive care unit um, in Phoenix, Arizona. And I had come back to Arizona to basically help see him through to his passing and was taking care of him at the time and actually it was really interesting because I had to get a job to kind of just be in that in in the states and everything and what I was doing at the time so I was working this job at a boys and girls club working with kids doing music and doing these things you know doing prevention work they call it you know with inner school kids and and it was really beautiful work but it was like I was working like a nine to five and I was like had a little cubicle kind of office thing and and I had to get a car so I had to you know take out a loan and I was like doing car payments and the whole thing and I was like wait so now I'm working this job to pay this car so that I can then be here to this and all of a sudden I felt like I was in the trap I was like oh man this is this is the indebted trap you know and I was just feeling really stagnant and stuck and I was like my passion is music my passion is to be out there sharing this with the world and, um, and it was a really interesting moment. So I'm, I'm driving. I'd gotten the call like early in the morning. Your, your grandfather's in, in the critical care unit. They just put him on intubation, you know, the, the pipe down his throat. And they're like, please come immediately. So I'm, I'm on the freeway. I'm driving. It's maybe like 8 o'clock rush hour traffic, you know, the 202, six lanes of traffic. And I'm cruising along, man. And, and I'm over in the left lane. And I'm passing this, this giant Mack truck. And I remember the moment because I had the CD playing and the CD player, back then we had CDs, and I was rocking out this <laughs> song with this, this band, this beautiful band called Mestre Ambrosius, and they had this, this samba song that was about the leaves, the fall leaves, you know, and this was in the fall, right? So I'm feeling the leaves, and like the changing of the seasons, and like my, my grandfather's going to leave me, and he's been like a father to me, you know? Um, and so I'm driving there, and all of a sudden, literally, as I'm listening to this song, I watch that corner of my eye, this Mack truck just starts swerving. And I see it coming in, man. I like I speed up. I just think accelerate and try to get away from it. And as I'm speeding up, man, it clips the back of my my car in this little Suzuki Aerial, like tiny little compact car. And it flies in the air, man. And all I remember is just seeing like everything just spinning. And then I hit the road on my side in the passenger side, and I can see the yellow lines passing through, and all the glass blasts out. The truck hits the car again and like screeching, you know, on his brakes. And so we just he pushes me down the road until we both come to a complete halt. And the car's just sitting there, man. And I remember just like everything's crushed around me. And and the song is still playing on the CD player. <laughs> <laughs> the good anti-skip. I'm like, shit. You know, really good anti-skip. Exactly. And I'm like, man. And literally, my first instinct, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to turn off the, the song. <laughs> like, so I was like, stop the song. And I'm like trying to push the door out. And I'm like, you know, checking myself. I don't even know if I'm, if I'm 
if I'm missing limbs or what. I'm just like in shock, you know. And all I can think about is my grandfather still. Like, I got to get there. This is not a good delay. He's going to go. And I'm just like, you know, just in shock, man. I get the door open. I climb out. And, like, the truck driver comes over. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, you know. Are you okay? What happened Literally, all lanes of traffic stop. Like, the whole freeway is just shut down, right? Finally, they get there. The ambulance gets there and stuff. And they're like checking me they were like well we got to take you in to, to get you scanned like i looked like i was okay and i felt i was just all i could think was i need to get to my the icu with my grandfather so they take me to county hospital and put me in the icu to do like the whole mri and everything and it's just this crazy thing you know this moment where like literally i was going to see and and send my grandfather off and then i get literally almost taken out as well in that moment you know and everything in my life is like what am i doing here like this is such a precious little moment that we all have on this earth. It's so brief. It is shorter than a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things. And so the invitation for me, the awakening was there's no time to be wasted. And the trippy piece to this whole story is that eventually they released me about four hours later. I made it in time. I got to be there with my grandfather and my family and they were all just tripping. They're all like extra in tears because everyone thought they'd lost both of us. Like, you know, they just got the word that I was going to ICU. And so I get there, man, and, and this really powerful thing happened for me because that debt that I had on that car that was making me keep the job and I was doing all that because my grand so my grandfather's in this transition, the car being totaled, I had gap insurance. And so it basically covered what I owed the bank on the car. So suddenly I had no car, but I also didn't need the job anymore. And I also no longer had the obligation of my family. And it was like, first time I was like free again all of a sudden, just like that. In an Got this second chance and I in this instant, I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want. And literally that year... I ended up going to Winter Music Conference in Florida, Miami. Uh, it's like electronic music conference. And I met Oshun Lade, who's a, a producer and DJ, amazing human being. And got to actually, uh, his record label is called Yoruba Records. And he's a house DJ. He was starting his live project. And he invited me to then join him and to do this, this tour and to live with him for a while in Puerto Rico. And my whole then life as a musician really took its first you know, launch at that point. Um, so it's just really powerful the way the universe, like we call that in, you know, and when we need to like really reset things, you know, and sometimes it's done for us, you know, when it's time. It's like the universe, like, no, you have work to do. Get your ass in gear, you know. And so it's just really powerful, man, that the release here of this remix sound was the first time I've ever done anything with electronic music, kind of full spiral from that time I was with Oshun Lade, like to releasing it on November 3rd. So it's, it's just magic, man. And, and just for me, I, I hope it helps us all remember, you know, there's no time to be wasted. Do your passion, as we were saying earlier, like follow, find what that is and give it all your energy. And then the universe is going to conspire to make that happen. It will conspire to make it happen. It takes work too. And it's not easy. It's not the secret. It's not wishing for shit. (laughs) It's not a lottery ticket, man. Before that, it's not not like you had only had the skill set to teach kids, right? Right. So when the the opportunity was there and the door was open, you were able to step right in with both feet. Absolutely. And it's it's been ongoing. Like literally that was 2003. And here we are 2017 and I'm doing it. So it's taken this, it's been a long incubation period for me too, of like going through different iterations and like figuring out how is this passion going to really be brought into the world in full with its full potency? You know, and so it's been this growing energy field, you know, that I'm just like, and I have to stay at it. Work hard, put your nose to the stone like that, you know, and, but do it with love and passion. And then it's not work. Yeah. It's not work. Cause then it's timeless. So you're in that flow state, you see, and it's just exactly on time. And that's why we like, you know, wizards always on time. <laughs> like Always today right time. we yeah, rolled into this podcast right on time it's just right like, on time yeah yeah bro <laughs> hell yeah brother so you're in austin now 
Yeah. The album just released not long ago, and you're doing what what I got to experience, I think, on my second night in Sedona, a sound healing Yeah. at Black Swan Yoga. And obviously, by the time this thing airs, that'll be fucking long gone. So it's not to advertise it, but it's just but, to say. Yeah, we're going to be back, though, for sure. So you'll people, be back for sure. Not saying, and we do this all over the country. So, yeah, people definitely follow it. You know, get in touch with us, you know, via our, my website, porangi.com. And, yeah, in our my band camp and all of that. Just, like, follow us on the Facebook. Um, but we, we are touring all over. We were just in North Carolina and Asheville. We just flew in from L.A., and did an incredible concert there so it's 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 rippling out we're doing this work so like wherever people are come connect with us you know we're, we're gonna come to your area it's a fucking game changer and i I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm it's funny to me like which which things that i do now where i feel mm -hmm. resistance inside mm -hmm. and i don't never catch it in the moment i never say like oh fuck i had blinders on right now i see it after the fact right hindsight's 2020 mm -hmm. and so getting to spirit ranch and knowing that a lot of the things that we had set up for us, I just wondered the depth. I, I questioned how deep and meaningful they would be. Yeah. But, you know, right out of the gate, working with body and sound and singing and doing these things and playing, that opened me up. It was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a fucking good time regardless. And my wife is here. You know, my grand, my Bear's grandfather is with Bear. He gets to experience Sedona. We get to see him each day as well. And um, going into your sound healing... I just had no fucking idea. You know, I really had no fucking idea. Like you play every instrument, you layer them in and time them beautifully mm. so that all the instruments play like a fucking one man concert. You know what I'm saying? Like the one man orchestra. I was like, I'm laying down, I got my eyes closed and every now and then I just pop my head up like, what the fuck is this guy doing all this shit right now? All of it, all the things, all the sounds I'm hearing are coming from him. No samples at all. It's all <laughs> Dude, it was mind blowing. And, you know, I speak a lot about plant medicines. You know, I yeah. trickle it in here and there on this podcast, but I've spoken, you know, uh, in depth on the Joe Rogan experience and on Aubrey Marcus podcast mm -hmm. um, about my experiences. Um, but to feel that, to connect to that, to connect to visionary space where I can fucking, I can download information, I can see shit. And you could call it intuition, you could call that insight, creativity whatever but with no, is, with no with external. no fucking substances that was the first time in my life where i was granted access to those things through your sound healing mm -hmm. through the breath work the shamangelic breath work with anahata yeah and you know and, and i want to talk about that in a second but it just it just fucking blew my mind that these were things that we could access through different means you know many right. paths up the mountain right right and to a, a lot of people out there the the bulk of them are going to say, you know, I don't want to try this thing because it's illegal or I don't want to sure. go to the Amazon because it's too expensive and I can't take two weeks off of work and it's a long ass flight and all. And I don't want to I don't want to fucking be around a bunch of jaguars and fucking snakes and, <laughs> and insects and shit the size of my fist. Whatever the case is, whatever resistance we have to committing to something like that, mm -hmm. they're fucking large commitments, even for a guy like myself or a guy like Aubrey. Mm -hmm. Right. Aubrey doesn't have an income issue. He it's still a fucking issue for him to take time off to do that. Doesn't right? like mosquitoes. Yeah, he doesn't like mosquitoes <laughs> at all. But he did get to talk to the, the grand consciousness of mosquitoes. Exactly. Right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do. It's just, it's, it's, do. there's a lot of things that prevent us from tapping into that. And you don't need those. We don't have to go that route. You like, the fact that this shit is accessible to people anywhere, anytime, that blew my mind. That yeah. was like, oh shit. 
Like yeah. there, there, there's a, there's a, you know, when I was first getting a podcast, I talked with my friends at Mind Pump, and they said, make sure you hit the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes I'll talk about some weird shit, you know, and mm-hmm. it may not resonate if you're listening now, and not everything resonates with you. That's okay. That's fucking normal. Hopefully, you're still listening, right? <laughs> At a different time in your life, you may re-listen and you may say, oh, that makes sense now. Suddenly it shifted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But to hit the lowest common denominator, we have to make it accessible to everyone. Mm. And that's the beauty of what you're doing. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of what Anahata is doing. That's the beauty of what I experienced at Spirit Ranch. Yeah. It, I, you know, it's, you hit on exactly, I think, one of the big things for me. It's like there's something, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and I've grown up in ceremony, in a lot of tradition, and getting into working with different medicines different plants as well is part of that and they are master teachers but i think that's the piece where we can get lost with is like they're teachers and so any teacher you get to the point as a student where you have to now embody again embody the teaching you can't keep hanging out with the teacher forever like eventually you got to then take those lessons and now apply them to your life and live them embody them right and i feel like a lot of time people almost it becomes a crutch they're always going back always going back to the same lesson. And, and a lot of times, especially, you know, Mama Aya, she'll, she'll let you know, like, hey, you, you know this already. Come yeah, on. You haven't done yeah. shit. I'm going to give you the same <laughs> fucking homework that you didn't do the last time. I myself have experienced that many times. Uh-huh. And one of those lessons for me has been yoga. It's been to open right. my body up. It's been breathing. Mm-hmm. And now music. It's yeah. been learn music, right? So I'm happy to say that because of you and thanks oh, to yeah. Madre, I've been purchasing some fucking instruments. Uh-huh. And that's a very cool thing for people to do because it just playing and practicing and having fun with it, you, you don't have to have mastery. Like, I'm not going to fucking buy a grand piano and try to figure that shit out on YouTube. But drumming, things like that, they're inherent in us. There is something primal there. Like, we and can tap in, right? Absolutely. And there you have it. And, you know, just like you, you saw, you don't have to buy anything either. It's all built in, like we we're saying. Just here, what's these two chords? It's the most complex instrument on earth is the voice. The human voice is so complex. People don't even take it. Like, we take it for granted. We waste it on talking. When we, it can do so much, man. It's, it is, the voice is the fingerprint of the soul. The voice is the fingerprint of the soul. It truly, there are no two voices alike anywhere. doesn't matter. You know, it's each one is so unique. That's why people use it in the security industry as a form of ID, of biometrics of, you know, recognition because they're so unique the formants of our voice the way that the folds are the shape of the cords it's the shape of our whole our jaw our tongue it's totally unique each person and i like to say this when i teach it's like we're each like a stradivarius you know violin each one is one of a kind and it's a work of art and so it's like tap into what your art is and start to hone it in and that's why the breath is right there it's so accessible you know and, and why we talk about like the dig. For me, the Dig is a master teacher. It's been one of my teachers for now 12, 13 years, you know, and I'm still a student. Every time I go to the Dig, I'm still learning new things. I'm still being challenged. Like there's always an edge with it, with my breath and how, where I can go. And it's like, it's so inspiring, man, to get into that space. And you just play a Dig, you just make a note on a Dig, even if you don't understand circular breathing or what I call spiral breathing, you know, because it's moving through time like the serpent. that spiral breathing right it's like it doesn't matter because just playing it even a note on it you're already strengthening your breath 
you're starting to access that diaphragm because you can only play it breathing from here. You're going to get winded real fast if you're just breathing from your chest. It's going to start to vibrate your pineal gland, all your cranial bones. You're literally going to just relax. After three minutes of just blowing on a dig, long breaths, exhales, you're already going to feel totally in a different mindset than you did when you started. You'd be totally raged and pissed. Grab that dig, just, and you can get a PVC pipe, inch and a half diameter, 51 centimeters long. Just go down to your hardware store, buy that, literally, and you can just sand that off, get a little beeswax, beeswax candle, melt that, or just heat up a piece of beeswax in a microwave if that's what you got, or on the stove. Dip that in there a couple times to make some layers of a mouthpiece. Build up that mouthpiece. There you go. Boom. Done. Costs you like $5. Okay? There's no reason why you don't have something like this, right? Or gra grab your vacuum cleaner. You know, there's the guy who plays the Hoovery do. Look that up on YouTube. <laughs> the Hoovery do. The Hoovery do, dude. It's a real thing. It's so funny. But like, so it doesn't matter. But like, get that and just start to blow into it. And, and it's amazing. It will start to heal you. And it'll start to wake you up and move and help you to connect to your breath in a way that you never have before. So simple, right? And I really love it. To, this, I literally taught a workshop the day before yesterday. Yeah, because yesterday we flew from L.A. The day before, we taught a workshop in L.A. on, on Dig. And um, it was great because I had all these levels, various levels, from total beginner to ex really experienced guys, right? And I was watching people as they're just, just making the sound go through this whole like awakening, all this trauma, all this stuff where they'd been shut down, like coming up for them, all this fear, this anger, rage, like all the emotions coming up, just breathing through a tube. And it's just like, it's that, it's so simple. And it seems so almost like stupid, dumb, easy, because it's just like in front of us, it's right here, it's breathing. But when you start to access that man and do it with intention, it, it will transform your life. There's a, a, the British Medical Journal published a study, I believe it was in 2005, that literally they did a clinical study with didgeridoo with a group that had sleep apnea. And they actually showed statistically that the didge would improve people with sleep apnea, would actually help reverse sleep apnea. And there's people who have shown that it's more effective than surgery. Mm. So, I mean, how many of you out there snore? And if you don't think you snore, ask your partner, how many out there you <laughs> snore? You probably do. A lot of us do. But there's so many people who suffer from sleep apnea and who are literally suffocating in their sleep because their tissue in their throat, the epiglottis, it's, it's flaccid. It's not strong. The, the tone, there's not muscle tone and the fascia is weak. And so literally they're choking in their sleep. And so it's like all of a sudden you start playing did. You're strengthening all of that and you're healing that. So you're getting more oxygen you're connecting to source, you're dropping to a meditative state, you're literally no longer snoring, you're getting better sleep. It, it, it's just like, it's kind of just obvious. It's like, you got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Five bucks, I've, I've, hardware I've, store, come on. <laughs> ox oxygen, breath work, and better sleep are yeah. fucking tenets of living, right? Tenets of recovery, tenets. tenets of fat loss, tenets of detoxification, Dude, all that shit. It's the groundwork for everything, everything, right? Again, First, last thing you're ever going to do in this human form is breathe. It's the first and last thing you're, until your last breath. Why not master it? I'm going to fucking, con I'm going to have you help me pick out a didgeridoo right now online. We're doing it, bro. <laughs> We're doing this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Parangi, it's been an hour. I mean, uh, it has been an hour. Yeah. Flow state, baby. Flow state, brother. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. But um, I definitely am going to have yeah. you back on. You're going to do a fucking out of this world amazing podcast on the Aubrey Marcus podcast very shortly. Yeah. Hopefully we'll try to time ours slightly separate. Um, Absolutely. But uh, oh, where can people find you, brother? Yeah. So so again, you know, on online uh, website, porangi.com. I know it's a mouthful, so I'll spell it out. P-O-R-A-N-G-U-I. 
Borangi.com. Uh, my name, you spell it with an accent on the I normally. Borangi. And, uh, and, you know, people who have a hard time always are like, what, po, what? And so uh, I just, it, the mnemonic that a friend of mine gave me, a music, musical friend of mine, Eric Zhang, he says, uh, uh, you know, ghee, clarified butter, pour on the ghee. So pour on ghee, you know, so it <laughs> helps people remember that. I think a lot of people here are down with some grass-fed ghee. There, there we go, baby. <laughs> and, and so uh, just to say, if, if you guys are out there and want to experience this work and the retreats that we do, we have a bunch of retreats coming up. We actually have one coming up in December in Hawaii. And again, in February, it's ecstatic dance retreat, actually, where we're going to be doing the dancing like we were talking about what we did with you guys with the blindfolds. But there's going to be like a week where we get to drop in on the big island of Hawaii. Um, amazing DJs will be there. Desert Dwellers is going to be there playing Caminanda. Um, it's going to be out of this world. Plus, there's there are going to be all kinds of other courses and amazing food. And yeah, we're going to go check out the whales, go see the lava flow. So if people want to get that experience. When is that in December? Uh, it's coming up December 29th. Uh, excuse me. November 29th through December 6th, and then again at the end of February. I want to. I think it's like February 24th or 25th um, through beginning this of March. This might air after November, but we'll okay. definitely get that one. So the February. one for February, jump on that, you guys. It's going to be out of this world. Um, yeah, they're going to have some amazing experiences there. Then we're doing more retreats in Sedona. Actually, with Anahata, we have one coming up, uh, the Shamanic Soul Retreat, which is happening in April so anybody out there want to experience this stuff and get, I fucking go deeper? Highly, highly recommend doing the retreat, and I promise you, just to touch because I know we're out of time here. But I've done Wim Hof breathing. I've felt my hands curl. I've seen different lights and colors and things like that. But I've never gotten to the point that I did with doing the Shamanjelic breath work, especially talking about vibration on the exhale. The yeah. second she turned up the music and said, "Fucking make noise when you exhale," right. and people started going. Oh, and <laughs> like that fucking changed the game. Thank you, brother. You're so welcome. It's such an honor, bro. I fucking love yeah. you, brother. Thank you very much. Likewise. We'll have you back and yeah. uh, check them out, man. You will, and dude, Spotify and Bandcamp, oh, right? Spotify and Bandcamp. People yeah. can buy the album. Buy the albums on Bandcamp. Ayahuasca Remix. Porangi.bandcamp.com. Yeah, and then all of that's accessible through my site. But yeah, and then we'll, we'll keep that updated with events and shows. We're going to be touring. We'll be on the West Coast and the East Coast. So come see us. Send a big love out to everyone.
All right, guys, you've got questions. I've got answers. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be on Onnit's main page on Facebook doing a Facebook Live Q&A. The Facebook Live Q&A runs for 30 minutes. If you can't make it at 6 p.m. Central Time, all you have to do is write in your questions, and I'll be sure to get those answered for you, either by writing it or talking about it on the Facebook Live, which you can check out at any point in time after the show airs. But be sure to tune in live if you can. We're going to get a lot of information rounded out, talking about the podcast, talking about different health topics, and I think you'll enjoy it.